okay, here's someone who doesn't agree with me, but where can we find commonality? And now, could you please pass the mashed potatoes? We gotta address the suburban women problem because it's real. Welcome to the Suburban Women Problem, a podcast from Red, Wine, and Blue. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Vinman. I'm Jasmine Clark. I'm Amanda Weinstein. And this is the Suburban Women Problem. This week is Thanksgiving, and it's become a tradition around here to do a special holiday episode. We've shared what we're grateful for. We've shared voicemails from listeners about what they're grateful for. So this year, we're going to do something a little different. Today, we're talking about how to survive the holidays, whether it's sitting across the dinner table from your Trump voting uncle or just wanting to take a break from political talk. So today we're sharing our own experiences and hopefully a little wisdom about navigating the holidays when you're a person who cares deeply about politics. Amanda, let's start with you. Your husband is a legislator, so politics must come up a lot at the holiday table. Do you enjoy those conversations or do you try to avoid the subject? I do, but I think I'm like a conversation manager, especially when I have little kids. I want them to. (laughs) I totally know what you mean. I want them to hear like the positive. First of all, I don't want to teach my children to dislike anyone because I dislike them. I would like to teach them to dislike ideas and dislike some mistreating someone and to understand that the action is not what we do in our house. The action is not what we like. And rather than disliking people, which is sometimes hard to get across when family members are really disliking the action of a person. Yeah. We often talk about the person rather than the action. Right. And what kids hear is, oh, I've now learned I should not like that person. And so I, I feel like sometimes I'm like the manager of like, no, no, no. Uh, it's, you know, it's the action we don't like. And here's what mm-hmm. we believe in our family. And so that I feel like I'm sometimes like the manager of like, hey, let's talk, think about how we're talking about this in front of children. It's relatable. Very relatable. Yes. the action is terrible and we can talk about it's terrible. That's a fine conversation to have. I feel like we need to have that conversation with adults too. (laughs) Like I feel like so many people cannot separate the person from the thing. And I'm like, you don't have to attribute. I mean, it's some, it's sometimes it's hard even for myself uh, because if a person is consistently doing a bad thing, then you just want to be like, they're a bad person. Yeah. And you know, maybe they are, I don't know, but I, I, I can see where it can be difficult, but I like the idea of at least starting with let's not turn that person into their actions. Let's talk about the action. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And we always mm-hmm. love to see a movie. Cause there's always movies that come out around Thanksgiving. So we love to see, it's usually like a kid's one too. I think Moana came out around Thanksgiving. I don't remember what year, some year. Mm -hmm. And I adore that movie. And one reason I love it is because the bad guy isn't really the bad guy. So it's like the lava monster, right, is really has been wronged. Like, and it legitimately has a right to be kind of upset. And like the person you think might be the good guy is like kind of the bad guy who did it. And I just love the complicatedness of there's no real bad guy and good guy. It's just this complicated mess of how we interact. And I was like, oh, I love that. But it's a nice way to think about like, I don't, I might not understand their actions, but I can understand their actions are wrong. And we can talk about their actions and, but that could be hard, but I don't want to teach my kids to hate or dislike anyone because they will one day grow up and they might hate or dislike someone because someone else told them to do it. And I want them to have their own opinions based on actions and what they see. Right. What about choice? I know that you, you've changed your view on choice and choice has been all over the news in Ohio. 
what if that came up at the Thanksgiving table? How would you handle that? I know that one's always for me, it's been, it's one that I don't push too hard. I would say on the family members, but they've come far enough where I understand their perspective, mm -hmm. where I know that some people might not agree with it, but I understand where they're coming from and they're not coming from a place of bad intentions. I would say they're coming from a place of good intentions but maybe there's a better way that we can get at, you know, the good intentions that they do have. And I think that's been the most effective way to talk about that is I'm not saying your values are wrong, um, but let's think about other policies we can have that are kind of all, you know, more inclusive and frankly, more effective policies to get what you want. If what you want is lower abortion, great. Let's talk about birth control and access to birth control. And let's talk about paid maternity leave. And let's talk about universal uh, childcare and universal school lunches. And sex education. Yes. And that is a conversation like, yes, like, yes, that's one way to reduce it. And I think I would really love to hear Dem say this more often as well, because that conversation with most people are like, okay, I could see how that would lower abortions. Like, great. So let's do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I've had to do that at the door before I knocked on a door and the person I was there to see was not there. Usually it's like the child that lives there and the parents answer the door and they're very like, who are you and why are you at our door? And uh, I remember the topic of abortion came up and um, the person said, well, you know, I just can't fathom anyone ever choosing to have an abortion because, of and I said, well, you know, um, you and I don't align with that because I do think that people should have that choice. But also, because it seems that you really care about babies being born, these are the policies that I've actually sponsored bills on or have signed on to. Um, and uh, making sex education more comprehensive, mm -hmm. that's one way to prevent pregnancies from happening that we don't want to happen. Um, you know, and I, I talk about like, you know, making it so sure we have universal access to healthcare in our state. Like right now, we haven't even expanded Medicaid. People aren't trying to have babies when they can't even take care of their health. And if we're if they've not been taking care of their health for a very long time, pregnancy can actually be very dangerous for them. So, you know, these are things, you know, and I just went down the list of things that I felt, you know, we're on the same page. Um, we don't agree on the way to get a go about it, but we do agree that if there was a way to make life a little bit easier on some people so they don't have to make that choice. Not saying some people make that choice only because it's something bad, but some people do. And maybe we fix that for those people and maybe we could have the world that yeah, you want. Yeah. And so yeah. I've had to do that at the door before. Nice. And you didn't even have the opportunity to be like, and now could you please pass the mashed potatoes? So you have like an out at, at yeah. a holiday dinner. Okay. Like how about that pumpkin pie? Uh, yeah. yeah. See, you, you handled it without, without even having that, that out. So there you go. Yeah. I, I think know. that's good. I mean, I think just being able to, to say, okay, here's someone who doesn't agree with me, but where can we find commonality? Mm -hmm. And that's always the goal. And, and yeah. go from there. And hopefully we've given you some food for thought, uh, pun intended, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, that you can take with you and just, you know, arm yourself with some talking points and conversation starters. Yeah. And I think one thing about my family is they're always willing to at least have the conversation and, and they're okay with us not agreeing. And we can talk about it without saying like, you know, devolving into name, name calling. So we have never devolved into name calling, but we have not agreed on everything. 
And I think that's a healthy way to have conversations. We hope you're having a safe and happy holiday season. Here at Red Wine and Blue, we're taking this opportunity to celebrate everyday heroes, from our pod hosts to our amazing guests to you. We wouldn't have so many victories to celebrate from this year's election if it wasn't for your support. And now we're making it easier than ever to be a superhero for our sisterhood. To make a donation to our year-end giving campaign or to learn more, visit pod.redwine.blue give or click the link in the show notes. Jasmine, what about your family? Do you have conversations everywhere you disagree or? Not really. I think most people in my family know where I stand. And so they don't really challenge me. I've had family members maybe challenge me on like if voting even matters and things like that or, you know, Mm -hmm. certain things. And I think that's a reality for some people. Yeah, it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But what I'll say is that for me, a lot of times I don't want to talk about politics like Politics takes up so much of my life already being a state Mm -hmm. legislator and, you know, constantly doing events and speaking and uh, making, you know, social media posts and all that stuff that sometimes I would prefer to spend time with family and talk about anything else except politics. (laughs) And so I usually will kind of disengage if the political conversation starts, I'll say something to the effect of like, oh, yeah, no, I don't feel like getting into that. Um, and most people leave me alone. Uh, and sometimes they'll even say, I'm sure you don't feel like talking about this. And I'm like, but, you're right. Yep. You're right. I don't feel like talking about this. But did you see um, the Westminster Dog Show on earlier this yeah, morning? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, um, I think that uh, I probably am in a bit of a unique position in that most of the people in my family are on the same page as me. And even if they're not, they know because they know of where I stand, they don't really like challenge they don't try to yeah um i don't maybe they think they they can't or maybe they're just like yeah it's not really worth like starting that conversation um but uh, i will say that also my daughter is now of the age where she is getting very political and she is starting Mm -hmm. to want to have those conversations so similar to what amanda said i kind of have to Um, make sure that she's using the right, I don't want to say using the right words because I'm not policing her words, but making sure that the intent of her thoughts are being Mm -hmm. um, conveyed properly um, because she's 15. And productive. 15 year olds don't always have the vocabulary to get across what they really mean. (laughs) And so I want to make sure of that. It's also uh, the prime age to be intentionally provocative. So oh, yes, uh, exactly. And where exactly. better to be provocative than Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> it's an why not amongst your cousins and, yeah. uh, and, yeah. so and all those and people aunts. there? Why waste the opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, and my kids definitely like they like test a little bit with like hmm, and they'll so they notice like the issue one signs, and they're like, well, I noticed that person has a no on issue one side. What do we think about that? And you can tell they're like poking a little, and they're like friends. I'm like. Well, does it change anything about them being friends? And they were like, no. I was like, there good, you go. Good, good <laughs> but they're definitely like, they poke a little with language just to see how I'm going to react. And I'm like, oh, no. 
Oh yeah. It starts early and it does not stop. Um, it does not stop. I've had to have some pretty crazy conversations <laughs> with Jada lately. Um, so Rachel, I would love to hear like your experiences. What do you think? Well, um, we'll, we'll be going to Oklahoma for Thanksgiving. So I expect to be asked a lot about the Israel Hamas situation, but oh, with a friendly audience. So, uh, not, um, but still a tricky thing to discuss because again, the, this is another subject where I think it's great for people to engage, but a lot of information out there that's maybe not fully flushed out. So yes. people's hearts are in the right place, but they might not have all the information. So, or accurate information, mm-hmm. the whole picture, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Yes. And I do think this is going to come up for a lot of people at the dinner table. For us, it, it again, it will not be a combative situation, but I mean, just... Uh, it is, it is very difficult. And some people you will never, you know, kind of agree on it, but this is an extremely complex issue. Uh, That's an understatement. So that's something that people will be coming and some people will only have enough information to be incredibly dangerous (laughs) whenever they're discussing it. And again, probably well-intentioned, but just, you know, not there. So I think that's going to be hard for a lot of people, but not, not something for me. One thing that came up this summer um, with my uh, brother and sister-in-law, who we will see in Oklahoma, one of the things my sister-in-law said was about books. And she essentially said, hey, we can just solve this whole issue about books by there's so many classics. We should read the classics. There's so many great um, books. Has she read the classics? I mean... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, even the Bible, like, mm, it's racy Shakespeare, I mean, a lot of and, sex and incest. Well, and sure. I mean, what are we going to read, like, like uh, Greek and Roman mythology? But Right. I mean, oh, even more. I, I yeah, I know, right? Like, but, what classics do we think are appropriate, really? That would I be- think, I, I'm feeling like Jane Eyre. I don't know for sure. Or, you know, something from the Bronte sisters. Uh, but I felt really proud of myself. I will say this whole conversation had me like back on my heels because I was pretty shocked by the conversation and my husband took over. Um, he's much more mild mannered and used to discussing these things with all kinds of different people. And I was just like seeing red. I will fully admit this. It is not the way anyone should react, but I was, I, I felt just not great about it. But my point is in that when she made the comment about books, I was able to use information that I've learned here, like, with red, white, and blue, like we, but we want to prepare our children to live in today's society. And that means reading mm-hmm. books about things that they are going to face, about situations that they or their friends might be in. And we talk about some books are a mirror, some books are a window, mm-hmm. a, a window on the world. And, and so that's why we have to, we read all of them. You know, we read both. We can't just read only new books or only older books, but we have to, you know, literature encompasses everything. So um, these aren't college courses. These are survey courses. So, you know, we need something from each one, not just, you know, something very narrow and specific. Not to mention, just to kind of throw this out there, most of the classics don't include authors that look like me. Thank you. But I think there's also like, we're also not like going to coddle our children into thinking that like they're the only people that exist in this world and there aren't other people with other thoughts and other ideas and like that's not great for their learning either to like to essentially coddle them like that like we're gonna 
eventually share them what reality is and what our world is. And they're going to learn different opinions and different ideas. And they're going to be, I think, better for it. 100%. I will also say, I do also learn a lot from talking to my family when we don't always agree because they're in circles that I'm not always in circles of. And I'm like, oh, I did not realize that is what people were saying. And now I realize that. That is a good point. It is really important. I I have to say, I learned some stuff in that conversation this summer that I wish I hadn't have learned and I wish I hadn't (laughs) heard, but I probably needed to. But again, I was just really caught off guard. And I think it was like, maybe during the holidays, we might prepare ourselves a little bit more for some conversations. And this was like, just, you know, very casual, like kind of vacation conversation. And I wasn't quite expecting it. But in the end, I felt good, like it ended well, you know, but it took me a little bit before I could like fully articulate and explain myself. And um, so I was glad that I was with them for more than one day. So I could, you know, have that conversation. Um, but I think even if it doesn't end the way you want at the meal or the event or whatever, the get together, you can still call people afterwards or text or email or, you know, I mean, and it's always a great place to just start with like, Hey, I love you. We don't agree, but I'm glad, you know, you shared your thoughts and I shared mine. And, you know, even if it doesn't end the way you want it to, it doesn't mean that it's, you know, it's irreparable or things can't be better in the future. But, um, one of the things that I, I also, and I'm horrible at this. So let me give you all advice that I don't, that I'm really bad at it. It's just like <laughs> taking the bait from people who have no interest in having a reasonable conversation, like walk away. I used to be bad at this on social media and actually becoming an elected official really taught me to just like, I will completely disengage from a conversation that I don't think is fruitful. And I will tell them straight up, like this conversation is not fruitful and I'm going to, you know, this is, and I'll say, if this makes you feel better, you win, but I'm not, I can't continue with this conversation. Like I just, I learned that because I used to debate people so much on social Mm -hmm. media. And Mm -hmm. I remember having a friend that was like, why you don't even know those people. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, why am I putting so much effort into this? <laughs> this is what I say to my husband on the regular. I, uh, I'm i better at it than I used to be. But like, sometimes when I watch Alex, or he doesn't really debate, but he like says something. I'm like, this is not the place to have this conversation. You cannot convince people. It's not, it's just not a good idea. But, you know, I think it's also important to, rem- to remember that when we have a conversation, we we keep it together uh, reasonably and have that conversation. You know, you probably think about it after the fact and they do also, you know, so maybe they could also reach back out to you and like get more information. So if this is a place, these are people who in general love and respect you and want to hear from you and trust you and know you. So you, you might be doing more than you think, even if, um, even if it doesn't, you feel like it, it falls on deaf ears when it comes up and you have the opportunity to share, you never know. I agree. Thanks for joining us today and have a safe and happy Thanksgiving holiday. We're grateful to you and all our listeners for being part of this community. And this week, Red, Wine and Blue kicked off their year-end giving campaign. We could not do all this amazing community work without your support. To make a donation or to learn more about our campaign, visit pod.redwine.blue slash give. Thanks again, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of The Suburban Women Problem.
The Suburban Women Problem was created by Red, Wine, and Blue. Our producer and editor is Amy Thorstensen, our project manager is Lindsay Quist, and our editorial assistant is Abigail Martin. For more information about upcoming events and trainings, or to learn more about Red, Wine, and Blue, follow us on social media or at www.redwine.blue.